All right, welcome to the Minnesota episode two. Oh my god, and I'm actually here for this. You're one. actually here for a Minnesota because <laughs> I didn't get cut out of my own podcast already. <laughs> I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> actually, this is not a Minnesota. This is an intervention. Let me tell you something. Chris, you're fine. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> so it's been right great. from now on, it's going to be uh, me, just your host Spencer, Spencer and. Kennedy the dog. Just cackling into the microphone with a lot of growls. <laughs> Lots of vicious <laughs> barking and uh, tail wagging against I'm just going to eat metal. your arm off. It's gone. <laughs> it's my dog. He doesn't try to eat oh, yeah. my arm. It's just me. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else. <laughs> Everyone else but Spencer. That's fine. Shout out to Kennedy. Hey, He's Kennedy. sleeping. Which is also the worst time to... Try and bother him. Touch him. Yeah. He will definitely eat your arm off. Sometimes we're sitting on the couch and he'll be there and he's not asleep and I know he's not. And I just like accidentally touch him and he's like, Am I? Like, if you're going to sit on my fucking couch, I will make the rules. So then I'm like, Get out of here. And he immediately gets up and he's growling and like, Fine. I'm going to go right over here. So basically, what you're saying is that your dog is. A grumpy bitch in the mornings, just like you. <laughs> oh, and I, and whoop. I, ooh. N- bitch. When have I ever been grumpy in the morning? When have you ever seen me be grumpy? Period. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to think on that. <laughs> the fact that you have to think about it means that it's not true, bitch. When am I ever grumpy? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a mood ring, it would be black. <laughs> Just like Chris, why are you so angry? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like the Hulk. Like Chris, how do you solve your problems? Because <laughs> I'm always angry. <laughs> Precisely. I love it. Literally. So let's tell me something spoopy. Okay, so a mini sub. Since it is a mini sub, we have to keep this short. Yeah, these um, are preferably thirty minutes. So okay, perfect. I think it should be less than that. It's a half a page long. No, a little more than that. Um, so this one was originally brought to me by my friend Julio. Because this is a supernatural creature from uh, Central American folklore. So this is throwing back to our last episode, which was kind of about, um, you know, Latino different, like, uh, references and things like that uh, to kind of go along with that. So shout out to Julio. We know you listen to it. We know you love us. Uh, That's why you brought me, baby, here. What? (laughs) We know know you love me, baby. That's that's why why you brought brought me here. here. There you go. I was a bitch on season five. I'm here to make right. Should I give me some challenge? Because I'm showing you tonight. I'm full Uh, of tricks, baby. (laughs) Just like on Halloween. We love Halloween. Oh, my God, ah! Halloween. It's spoopy season. Have we started counting down yet? I have. Uh, honestly, yes. Yeah. I already have my ca- Halloween costume planned up. What are you going to be? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. It's a secret. We'll have to see on our episodes during October. Did we talk about that on the podcast or before? That was before the podcast. Started? Okay. So in the month of October, um, we're going to have costumes for Every single week. our episode. Yeah. Every single week, we're going to be dressed in costumes. Which is basically what I do all the time. Which is also going to be hilarious because I have to park on your street to walk over here. (laughs) So I'm going to be dressed in some sort of costume to walk into your apartment. We'll just put up like a sign that says Happy Halloween on the balcony and people think we have a party every week. Okay, okay. And we can do the podcast from the balcony. Yeah. Now that's going to be noisy. Well, people think a party every Wednesday. (laughs) Party for one. Oh. Shout out to Carly Rae Jepsen because uh, she's new a bitch. Album dedicated released mm-hmm. May seventeenth was amazing. Did you like it? Yeah. Have you it's not good. listened to everything yet? No. Well, because you were the one who always home? made me listen to Carly Rae Jepsen. I don't get to hang out with you as much anymore. So, so where are we at? Where are we at with that? What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> 
just, I don't go to work with you anymore. I that's know. the only thing that's different. <laughs> okay, I guess we can just hang out and listen to music sometimes. And you can listen, make me listen to uh, Lizzo and uh, what's her name? Bailey Eyelash? Billy Eyelash? <laughs> no, it's really just going to be me doing this the whole time. Chris, look, look at this video. He's doing this YouTube video. Look how funny. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Eliza? Okay, so back to the urban legend. Uh, shout out to what Julio. What is it? Oh, for, shout out to Julio. For giving me the idea for the El Cadejo. El Cadejo? Cadejo. Hmm. That's how um, Inkabord also pronounced it. Inkabord. She, she pronounced it El Cadejo. Because I, I asked her about it, and she was like, no, I think that's more like Central America. So um, all the reports kind of come from El Salvador, Honduras, uh, Nicaragua, uh, all that stuff. So uh, El Cadejo... Uh, there's apparently a good Cadejo and an evil Cadejo. Uh, both are spirits that appear to travelers at night. Uh, the white one will protect them in their their travels. That's a good one. Um, and then we've got a black one that is there to kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the description of the uh, Cadejo, they appear to travelers as a large shaggy dog-like creatures with goat feet, um, sometimes up to the size of a cow with burning red eyes. Um, so I'm imagining this black dog with goat feet, uh, with burning red eyes. What do you immediately think of? Cujo? Uh, I just put the devil. I yeah. Put, I actually wrote devil as fuck. Oh, so like in the Noam's house in room six. Basically, yeah. Like a devil creature with goat feet and like glowing red eyes. And it didn't, it didn't have horns, but some, apparently some accounts describe it as a bull-like creature. It looks like more like a bull instead of a dog. Um. Just real hairy. Yeah. Hairy horned kind of crazy looking um so it is said that when a cadejo what does the white one look like the same thing it's just oh. white um and it like protects you hmm. it protect it attack <laughs> <laughs> what is dog <laughs> what is dog <laughs> so uh, it is said that you never turn your back on uh, el cadejo because you will go crazy and that you should never speak to cadejo because it will induce insanity so Basically, when you encounter Cadejo, if you don't... What do you do? You I, just I, I don't know. It didn't say what you do in the presence of Cadejo. Um, so according to stories, many have tried to fight the black Cadejo, but have failed and perished. There's three different types of Cadejo. You've you got said there was two. No, I'm sorry. Three different levels of the black Cadejo. Sorry. Uh. There, there's two different Cadejo, but there's three different levels of the black Cadejo. So you've got the... Uh, first level, which is like the legendary Cadejo, is what they kind of described it. I didn't it's holographic. Write, I didn't write the Spanish name because I knew that I had no chance of pronouncing it. Um, but it's basically like the the devil incarnate. It doesn't actually engage or attack anyone. Uh, but basically, if you're visited by it, you, you you're you, gonna die. You're gonna die. Like you're gonna have terrible things happen to you, and basically, you're gonna perish. Uh, the second one's the normal Cadejo. Uh, this is the one that will fight you um, and kind of like you know destroy your life, ruin you, whatever. Um, it can typically be fought off by a white Cadejo, um, but that's the only kind of thing that will, will keep you alive if another white Cadejo but it wants just to help you. But it happen by... Happenstance kind of thing, yeah. Huh. Um, and then the other one is the, like... Um, Cadejo meeting? It's a Happy combination of, like, the normal Cadejo and, like, a normal dog, and that one is, like, the one that, like, humans can fight off, and if you kill it, it will smell like rot very quickly and then disappear within minutes. So basically, like, rot within seconds. Um, and so those are the three different levels of the, the Cadejo. So the legend begins um, as – let me read, read this word for word. 
In the early 1900s, Juan Carlos was a guardian who lived in a thatched house near Los Arcos in the country fields near, near La Aurora in Guatemala. He worked near Paroquia. Let me see. Vie Paroquia Vieja. Paroquia Vieja. Okay, close enough. Because <laughs> my Spanish is not on point. Um, and arrived at his house at midnight. Almost all the time, his wife and small children spend the whole day alone in the middle of the fields. Juan found a white dog when he arrived at his house one day. When the dog saw him coming, it would shake, turn around, and disappear. Juan always tried to follow the dog, but he could never reach him. One day when he arrived, the white dog never moved, and when he approached the dog, it did not make a single sound. But then Juan touched his paw, and all of a sudden it opened its glowing red eyes. Juan was scared. The dog said, you do not need my help anymore. Frightened, Juan exclaimed, what help? And the dog said, in pain, I am a dog sent from above. My mission was to protect you from any danger, but you had showed me you do not need my help anymore. Right after that, the white dog closed his eyes. Juan buried him, and every time he came home, he remembered the white dog. Don't know where that story was really supposed to lead, but... Basically, the dog like a was guardian angel. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I'm getting is like you've got a guardian angel that's kind of following you around, like protecting you, and then he saw that like you're fine. So then the angel died and disappeared. And so then there's also a fairly popular version um, of the legend in El Salvador, which talks about two brothers who walk into their house at the of a black magician. During a storm, he asked the boys to help him with some logs for a fire, but both boys uh, on the job. I'm sorry. Both boys slack on the job, but eat the man's food. Once he finds out a little bit of food he had has gone missing uh, and that there's not enough wood for his fire, he puts a curse on the road that leads to the boys' village. The voices bother the boys, and when they turn their backs on the voices, they get turned into creatures, a white Cadejo and a black one. So after going back to their village in their cursed form, they get kicked out, and they have no choice but to wander Central America, basically. So... That's where people say the Cadejo kind of started. So we've got some good and got some bad, and that's kind of like the, the idea there. Um, so when I asked Julio about it, he said apparently that's just everyone has stories about it in Central America, and he then started telling me all sorts of stuff about haunted fuck shit <laughs> throughout. Shit fuck. <laughs> shit fuck. Shit fuck. Shit fuck. <laughs> so that's our mini-sode, I guess. <laughs> it's a cute little – just jaunt into some... Oh, it's not the end of our mini set. Oh, okay. I didn't say it was the end. We're but. about to get ready for my story. Oh, boy. <laughs> that I'm going to do right now. now. Okay. <laughs> wow, you just have them ready to go? No. No, I'm going to do it later. Okay, so for my story for the Minnesota, I'm going to do another uh, creepy pasta. So this one's called Barbie.avi. Hello. So this thing happened to me a few months ago. I just need to share it with somebody. It all started at my friend's party. He's an artist who rented out a loft in the industrial part of town. If you can picture what a place like Detroit looked like in the 1920s, that's what this area looks like. A bunch of old turn-of-the-century factories crammed into 10 blocks. Most of them are abandoned. So I partied a little too hard that night and I decided to crash on a couch at the loft. I woke up at around 4 a.m. The sun wasn't out yet, but you could still make things out of the dim blue light. I went to the bathroom, carefully tiptoeing around the people that were passed out on the floor. As I was taking a piss, I tiptoed to look out the bathroom window and saw the panorama of deserted urban decay. I remembered how much I liked places like this. 
It was so dark and devoid of life and strangely serene. So I went back to the couch and I tried to fall asleep. After 45 minutes of staring at the ceiling, I decided I didn't want to be there any longer. So I swallowed my pride and decided to wake my girlfriend up to beg her for a ride, since walking around in the vacant streets of this at this time was not an option. Being an awesome girlfriend, she was totally okay with it, and she told me she would be there in a half hour, and that she'd give me a call when she was outside. My phone died ten minutes later, so I decided I would sit by the window and watch for her car. I sat there for a little while, and my eyes started getting heavy, and I began to doze off. A crashing noise outside woke me up. It wasn't loud, but just enough to snap me into reality. I looked out the window and scanned the area, but I didn't see anything. Across the street from the loft, near a mountain of garbage bags, one of the, one of those enormous dumpsters, I could see a monitor sna- smashed against the floor that hadn't, been be- that hadn't been there before. When my girlfriend arrived, I went downstairs and greeted her. Just as I was about to get in the car, I remembered a friend of mine who had been blown out his power supply, so I decided to walk over to the dumpster and see what I could salvage. The monitor was worthless, but the tower seemed to have suffered almost no damage at all, so I put it in the trunk and we drove off. About a week had passed and I had completely forgotten about the tower until my girlfriend called to let me know that it was still in her trunk and she wanted it out. That night I brought it home. Before I took it apart, I decided to hook it up to my monitor to see if it still ran, and to my surprise it did. It ran Windows XP and looked like it had been wiped clean. I decided to do searches for the words like tits in hope of finding some secret stash of full of weird, deviant porn and the previous owner had forgotten about. Morbid curiosity. Search came up, nothing. Search for pictures, files, nothing. Then I searched for movies, and one file came up. It was a .avi. Inside a folder titled Barbie, hidden in the Windows System 32 directory. So I played it, and this is where it gets disturbing. I just want to take a note here to say that this is actually available on YouTube. If you want to look it up, just type in barbie.avi and you can watch the video that that goes with the story. So I played it, and this is where it gets disturbing. The movie was about an hour long, and it was made up of what seemed like raw exported footage. The footage was of this woman sitting in a chair and talking against a white backdrop. I skipped through most of the movie, and it was all the same continuous shot. I then decided to sit through the footage to find out what she was talking about. Fifteen seconds into the footage, the audio goes completely bad, and her voice is drowned out in a harsh, static background noise. I can't make out a thing. So I imported the footage into the final cut and tried to mess with the levels to isolate her voice. It helped a little, but I still really couldn't hear what she was saying. I was intrigued now, and I began to pay attention to her face and her body language. It seemed that she's being asked some sort of questions, because she stops at times to listen, and then continues talking. About 15 minutes into the footage, her face begins to redden and contort, as if the questions are bothering her. But she continues to answer them anyway. Shortly after she begins to cry, she sobs hysterically for the duration of the film. One of the few words I could lip-read was skin. She repeats this word many times throughout the footage, and at one point, she even pulls at the skin from her arm and her mouth and mouths the word. She seems to be unhappy with her skin. There's so much more I have to get off my chest, but it's getting late and I can't go on. I'll share the rest of tomorrow.
it kept on building and building, and about 40 minutes in, she's crying so hard she can barely look at the camera. She stops talking at this point, and the rest of the footage is to her crying with her head down. Oddly enough, she doesn't get up or move. The screen just fades to black. I was fucking dumbfounded. I played the whole thing through many times that night, trying to find inflections and nuances in her movement that would reveal anything else about what was going on. I felt so dissatisfied. I wanted to know more. That's when I noticed that was, there was about 10 more minutes left on the timeline after the screen went black. And about two minutes in, there was more footage. The footage was extremely shaky and almost unwatchable, and depicted a pair of legs walking along train tracks. My guess is that the camera was accidentally left on as it was being carried somewhere. The person in this footage walks along the train tracks for about six minutes and then turns into the forest and walks over to what looks like foliage flattened by a piece of plywood. The person continues on this makeshift plywood road until the movie clip ends. Now that's when my heart started beating with excitement because there were train tracks a few miles that looked very similar to the ones in the video, and I had to check this out. So I called up my friend Ezra. He's 6'4", 250 pounds of mostly muscle. I convinced him to go on a little adventure with me. I'm no pushover myself, but I felt if I was going to go wandering in the woods looking for God knows what, extra muscle couldn't hurt. The whole idea of investigating this video had me so excited, I couldn't sleep. The next morning was a sunny Saturday. I took my flashlight, my camera, and my 7-inch knife with matte black finish and serrated edge and went to pick up Ezra. When I got to his house, he wasn't even awake, and when I woke him up, he pretty much told me to fuck off. I was already packed, and I had mentally prepared myself to do this, so I decided to go through with it without him. I parked my car at the train station, took my stuff, and hopped onto the tracks. After walking for about two hours, I saw a broken piece of plywood, and my knees almost buckled with excitement. I searched the nearby foliage, and there was a little plywood trail leading into the forest. I walked slowly along the trail, paying close attention to everything. I would stop occasionally, kneel down, and listen for anything or anyone. But it was so quiet. It was the most nerve-wracking things I've ever done. I didn't know what to expect at the end of this trail. The dense tree line gave way to a little island of grassy field, and then I saw it. A house almost being consumed by the forest. From the looks of it, no one had ever lived there, maybe not for 20 or 30 years. I got my camera and I snapped a few pics. A few yards away from the house was a tool shed made of rusty steel metal, and I just sat there among the trees for a while, absorbing everything. I didn't want to go to the open field. I had a bad feeling that something would see me. It took me a little while to muster the courage to go up to the house. The door was partly opened. I pushed it in with the flashlight, and I was relieved to find that the inside was actually very well lit. So I put my flashlight away. I got my camera, and I took a few more pics. There was no furniture. The floor was riddled with bricks and wood and rubble, and some of the walls had huge holes in them. And when I went to further explore, I saw some things that didn't, I didn't pay much mind to in the moment, but now that I think about them in hindsight, they greatly disturbed me. The first thing that seemed a little odd was 
that one of the doors in the first room that I had presumed had led to the basement seemed a little too new to be in the house. It was also the only door in the house that was locked. And when I made my way up to the second floor, I saw some chairs and a fold-up table that seemed a little too new to be there, too. But what disturbed me the most, for some reason, was the bathroom. The dust on the mirror had been wiped away, and in the bathtub, I saw a clear plastic tarp that had still had water droplets on it from when I presume it was washed clean. That's when I heard something moan really loud. And that's when I jumped the fuck out of the second-story window and ran back to the tracks. Halfway there, I realized the moaning was most likely a water pipe expanding or contracting. And that moment of relief I gave into the horror which I felt when I wondered why the water would be running on in an abandoned house in the middle of the fucking woods. It's been a little more than two months since this happened, and I haven't gone back there, nor do I plan to. So, yeah. Perfect. So, wait, no, that was my episode. You can't just end my episode episode by saying, so yeah. I was just wrapping it up for you. (laughs) Well, that's so thoughtful. That seems to be the common theme in our previous episodes anyway. Here, I'm going to talk really quick. Can you talk over me? Yeah, literally. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) LOLOLOLOLOL. So, anyways... (laughs) I'm just kidding. <laughs> so thanks for listening to our our mini-sode, yeah. guys. Um, we hope that this midweek treat brought you some joy. Um, and that you enjoyed listening to our voices and hearing our cackles. I mean, that's this whole podcast is literally just cackles. I don't think I've spoken at all. Witch bog cackles. Bog witch <laughs> cackles. <laughs> Precisely. Yes. So thanks, Queen. Uh, remember to like and subscribe uh, our Spoopy podcast at Instagram and Facebook, our Spoopy at Twitter, and check us out at ourspoopypodcast.com. And also give us some shout outs, too. We like you to go on there and be like, hey, bitch, you should talk about this and also hear your feedback. So. Yeah. Give us some stories. We'll talk about it on the air. Chris has trouble trouble coming up with topics. So All the fucking time because I'm scared of everything. I literally have a plethora of things, but I'll, I mean, if, it, if you want me to do it, I'll do it. Just, just go to fucking town. Right? <laughs> I probably already know everything about it. So, yeah. Um, shout out to Economy Works and shout out to Let's, Let's Talk, Talk About, about Gay, gay stuff. stuff. Thanks, guys. Bye.